Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And it says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I know where I'm going, so this is fun. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Another translation says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Therefore, say therefore, Therefore. come on, therefore, Therefore. pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I want you to repeat after me, say, the harvest harvest is now. now. My harvest harvest is now. now. His harvest is now. Is now. Now, why did I say it that way? Because his harvest is my harvest. Because what is his is mine. It's not what is mine is his, no, it's what is his is mine. This is why God has called you to be a laborer. Say laborer. Laborer. Notice, though, in verse 35, it says Jesus was doing teaching, proclaiming, or preaching, and healing. Teaching, Preaching and healing. There's one other thing he was doing. He had compassion. Say compassion. Compassion. And then there's one last thing that he said to do. Pray. Pray. Write these five things down because this is going to be the five parts of this year that the church is going to do. Teaching. Preaching. Healing. Loving. Or compassion. And the last one is praying. These are the five things that God has called you to do. This is what laboring is. This is the labor. Being a teacher. Being a preacher. Being a healer. Being a person that loves and has compassion. And being a person that prays. The word harvest means a reaping. A reaping. Can I tell you right now that it is reaping time today? Not later on in the future, right now. And I'm talking about lost souls. I'm talking about people that are far from God. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. And how was he able to say this? It's because the seed that was planted through his ministry, that was planted through John the Baptist when he was preparing the way of the Lord, The seed was planted, now it was time for the harvest. Notice that when it comes to harvest, there are three things that we see in the Bible that is a biblical principle or a spiritual law. That is seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. And I'm not going to get too much into that yet today because I'm just laying a foundation, but we will get into it. But Jesus and John the Baptist planted the seed through their ministry. 
And Jesus told his disciples, the time is now. The harvest is now. The seed, the seed's already been produced. It's already been sown, like Mark chapter 4 says when it talks about the parable of the sower. It's been sown. It's been scattered. We've been sowing the seed. Now the harvest is now. And that same harvest that was then, guess what? It is still right now. There are people that are hearing the gospel. Let me prove it to you today. This morning, I was praying at my normal time at the beach. I wake up every morning at 5, and I go to the beach to pray. It's just something I've done for this year of 2022. Never done it before ever, and I just made a decision. I was going to do it because I knew that's what I needed to do to grow. This year, the first day of the year, I'm driving on the Esplanade, and I typically drive from Mornington to Mount Martha like 10 times, wasting petrol, to be honest. And I'm driving, and I see someone at Mount Martha Beach on his knees, and I'm just driving by, going 60 Ks, if you've ever been down that road, and I see someone on their knees, the Spirit of God says, go pray for him. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I go around the roundabout right at the top of Mount Martha, right by the IGA and those shops, and I'm turning around, and I felt a strong unction from the Holy Spirit, go pray. It wasn't just like a slight, hey, go do it, you know. It was, go pray now. I have a word for him. So I turn into the parking lot into the, where the beach is right there. And this man is on his knees crying. And I stand by my car, get out of my car, and I park right by his. No one else is here. And I'm just kind of waiting, just seeing what I need to do. Do I go straight up to him? Because it's kind of awkward, you know. <laughs> well, it's awkward for me, too. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking, how do I do this one? He gets up, and he starts making his way to his car, and he sees me. And he has tears in his eyes. His eyes are red. And I said, are you praying to God? That's just what I said. I don't know why I said that, but that's what I said. And he said, yeah, I am. I said, are you a Christian? He said, I am. And I said, well, look, I was driving by, and the Spirit of God told me to stop and to give you a word and to pray over you. He starts bawling. Yeah, I know. This is gone. Remember, this is the year of the harvest. It's going to happen if you open your heart. He says, my 13-month-old son died not too long ago. And I'm just out here because I just told God I'm going to start this year out right. Last, this past year was really hard, which it would be. I couldn't imagine And I just looked at him and I said, God's thinking about you. And he sees your obedience being out here. And I pray over him. And then the gift of tongues and interpretation, which is something I usually, that just manifests within my ministry, within me sometimes. I would say probably that's most of the time. It just happened in that moment. And I gave him a word for this year. And God just touched his life. This is harvest time. This is what it looks like. Being able to be used by God. Laboring. At any moment. And I'm not saying look at me. I'm just giving you a story. A picture of what the church is supposed to be like. This is what God has called us to be. This is what God has called us to do. And I spoke to him. He lives in the area. And he's probably going to come to church next Sunday. And he's going to bring his family and his kids. 
But how about that? When we, as men and women of God, begin to labor with God, he will use us, not just for our own life, but for the lives of others around us. Now, he was a Christian, and he needed God in that moment. And God showed up. How many times does that happen and we, as the body, as the individual, we don't allow God to use us because we're fearful or we're ashamed or we can't even hear him because of distractions and laziness within our own lives? See, church, we got to step up. The harvest is now. The reaping is now. In Genesis 8:22, it says this, while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. It's still for today. Seed, time, and harvest. In John chapter 4, turn there for a moment. In John chapter 4. And this is after... Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. In verse 34, I should go to 31. And it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has someone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I have sent you to reap that which you did not labor for, Others have labored, and you have now entered into their labor. When, this, when I read this, God put this scripture alive to me in July and said that the years that Pastor Brian and Pastor Christy and the people and the elders and the people of this church for years that labored into this ground, into this field, we are seeing the harvest today. Without them laboring and doing what God called them to do, we wouldn't see what we're seeing today. And it's only, only going to get better. It's only going to grow. But notice Jesus says this. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. This is labor. This is work. Jesus was focused on doing the will of God. Doing his will. He was provided by his word. Notice Jesus was always praying and always in fellowship with God to keep him sustained, to keep him strong. This is why Jesus even said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The disciples were worried about his natural stomach, and he said, I'm already full. And they're like, did someone bring you bread? No. He's full spiritually. And see, a lot of people are dying and starving spiritually Well, they're fulfilled naturally. But God is calling you to be hungry and thirsty for the things of him, to die to self, to pick up your cross, to crucify your flesh. We're going into a time of prayer and fasting next week. And I don't know about you, maybe you've never done a fast before. And a biblical fast is when you don't eat food. Fasting YouTube, 
Instagram, television, your phone, coffee, that's not a biblical fast. I'm sorry to tell you that today. There's nowhere in the Bible where you see that. A biblical fast is when you do not eat. It's when you do not put anything in your mouth that goes into your belly. That is a fast. Because it starves you in your flesh and gets you to the point where you can hear in your spirit. Where you can hear the spirit of God. It's good that you do those things, that you don't watch Instagram or that you don't watch TV or you set time for the year. It's good. Do those things. But a biblical fast is when you decide to not eat, whether that's a meal and you pray, whether that's for two days or a day and you pray. Don't go longer than three days, though. Let me help you today. Just for some wisdom, unless the Lord tells you to. See, in this 21 day of prayer and fasting, you can determine how you're going to do it. It may be that you're not going to eat Breakfast and lunch, and you're going to fast and pray, and then at dinner, you're going to have one meal. It may be that you're going to fast one day out of the week. Or it may be that you're going to fast three days and then eat the other four days. But don't go longer than three days unless the Lord says to do it. I'm telling you right now, as your pastor, use wisdom. And if you are going to fast and not eat for a day or more than a day, drink water. But see, a biblical fast and what you see in the New Testament is where you don't eat food. And this is what we are going to do in this year. We are going to pray and fast. We are going to seek the face of God. We are going to be sustained by the bread or the word of God in this time because we have work to do. There is work to be done right now. Come on, say there's work to be done. The Bible says in Proverbs 10:5, he who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. I don't want to be a son who brings shame. I want to be a son that is working in the harvest season. And that season is now. It's now. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be complacent. How about you? I want to put my hand to the plow. I want to work. I want to teach. I want to preach. I want to see God heal people. I want to have compassion, and I want to pray. That's what labor is. That's what God is calling Pursuit Church to do. That is what God is calling you to do. That is what God is calling his people to do. See, the harvest comes from the seed sown. We see this in the picture of Mark 4. I won't go through all of it. But we see that the harvest comes from when the seed is sown. That is part of teaching and preaching. We are sowing seed. You're sowing the word. You're sowing the seed and believing for a harvest. You sow it in your children. You sow it in your spouse. You sow it in your employees at your job. You're sowing it everywhere you go and believing for a harvest. There's work to be done. See, the seed was sown by John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, and it's also sown today by us. And the harvest is now and is ready to be reaped through labor. Notice Jesus says it this way. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There are few that want to do the work. Few. Jesus said it in his time, and let me help you today. It's still true today. It's few. Because it takes a person that dedicates their life fully to him. There's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. 
You're either hot or cold, and I know it's challenging, but the reality is not challenging. It is a changing of your heart to God. You either want to go fully with him or not at all. I don't know who lied to you or who told you that you can serve God your own way and your own mind and your own perspective. There is only one truth, and it is the truth that God has given us through his word that will set you free. All other forms of truth will cause you to be divided within yourself, will cause you to be divided within your family, will cause you to ultimately turn and walk away from God. There are many people that think they are serving God, but they're not. They're still serving themselves and serving the devil. It's some hard preaching, I know. But this is what God has called the church to be in this hour. Because there are so many things that are trying to preach to people in this day and age that are trying to get their attention. Satan is not dumb. He is very good at what he does. He is good at manipulating and deceiving and lying to people to where people believe it and trust it and give their life to it. You see it in the church and you see it outside the church. But in the name of Jesus, it will not happen here. It will not happen in your life. The Bible says this, that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. God is calling you to have compassion for people. A love. Why do I preach, teach, and heal? Because of love for them. I love them. Notice he didn't say, go with how they feel. Make it relevant to them. Make it sound appealing. Ease your way into it. What if you ease your way into it and it never turns into nothing? You wasted 10, 20 years and they never gave their heart to Jesus. Who's to blame? What is love? Truth. Now how you do it, compassion. Compassion. See, our form of compassion and love is different than what God sees compassion and love. Jesus, it says right here, had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. They were troubled like sheep without a shepherd. I mean, this is pretty intense right here. And we can go through John 10 and talk about the hireling and talk about the good shepherd. I'm not going to get into all that yet. But listen to this. Jesus here describes what man is apart from God. When you are apart from God, you are harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. See, this means that when we do not have a shepherd and Jesus is not our good shepherd and we're not under the care of the shepherd, we are troubled and helpless. We do life on our own. But God is calling us to be under him, under his son, to give our life to him, to submit our life to him, to submit your life to the church that God's called you to be in, to submit to your pastor. Why? Because that's where protection lies. That's where safety is. That's where you will be taken care of. That's where you will be held accountable. That's where you will be thriving and growing and increasing and being developed into the woman and man of God that God's called you to be. See, Jesus was more troubled about their spiritual life than their bondage to the Romans in that time. He was more worried about their soul than they were to being slaves to Rome. See, the problem
problem that we see is this, that the Jewish people of that day did indeed have some kind of spiritual gifts or spiritual guides and shepherds, namely the scribes, the priests, and the Levites, and the Pharisees. Yet, for the most part, they were all worthless. Christ accounts those people to have no ministers who have no good ones, which have no good ones. There was no one that was ministering to them, that was taking care of them. There were people there, but what were they doing? There were shepherds there, or hirelings there, or people of their old flesh, but they weren't there for the people. And how true is that in the day and age that we live in today? That there are people that are lovers of themselves, lovers of money, lovers of their own flesh, and they don't care about the sheep. See, God has placed you here in this house because there's someone that cares for you. Not only Jesus Christ, but also your pastor. And not only will your pastor lead you and love you and help you, but also you will grow up to where you can lead people into the sheepfold. Where you can bring them into this place. This is a year where you be a person that brings people, that invites people, that talks about your church, that talks about Jesus. You know, it's so important as a body that we talk about where we go to church at. Who brings them? We do. God ain't just going to bring them automatically. Without me going to that person today, he never would have heard from God the way that God wanted him to. God used his body, his church today. Can I tell you that you today were part of what happened this morning? Because what I do individually, what you do individually, guess what? The whole body collectively benefits from. That's the beauty of a body. It's never I'm on my own and it's little eyes and big U's. No, it's we are all in this together. And what you do matters to me. What you do matters to the person to your left and to your right of you. Your growth, your spiritual development today matters to everyone in this room and those that are not here. The state of these troubled and helpless people puts a picture in our mind, or two pictures in our mind. First, a a neglected flock of sheep, and a harvest going to waste for a lack of reapers. Let me say that again. We see a neglected flock of sheep, and because of that, a harvest going to waste for a lack of reapers. When the sheep are neglected, when the sheep are not cared for, well, there's no workers or laborers to do the har- to, for the harvest. It's because they're so caught up with their own life. They're so troubled by their own problems. They cannot live free enough and live closely enough with God to become a laborer for God. This is why it's important that you're a church. This is why it's important that you grow and you develop. This is why it's important that you commit your life, not just to Sunday mornings. No, you you commit your life to your own personal relationship. You commit your life to things that the church does. We don't just do events to have events because it's a good thing to do. We do them for the growth and the development of our church, of the body, for the working and for the equipping of the saints to fulfill his will and call on your life and on the church. You should never get to a place where you think you know it all. You should never get to the place where you think this is the final, I got it all figured out. No, you should always be able to be taught just like a child. 
where you come to the Father innocent and saying, God, I don't know everything. And even the things that I know, that I feel like I know, God, I just want to make sure that they're right. This is why we teach doctrine here. This is why we're going to train you. This is why we're going to develop you. And I know you've been taught some things that may go against what you're hearing today or may go against what you've heard before. And that's all right. But if God called you here, he called you here for a reason and for a purpose. Because, again, the Bible says that God is the one that sets you in his body. He sets you. Notice that Jesus said it this way. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. It will take labor to reap the harvest. It will take labor. Will you labor with me? Will you labor with your pastors? Will you labor with Jesus Christ? Because the Bible says that you are a co-laborer with Jesus Christ. So don't think it's just a man's idea, like building a bigger church, building a bigger name, building a bigger brand, building a platform. No, you are building the kingdom of God. We are co-laboring with Christ. And let me help you. The Spirit of God came upon Jesus to do the work. And that same Spirit that came upon Jesus, guess what? It is living inside of you. And what God called you to do, what God purposed you to do, He will do it through His Spirit. God's anointed you for it. And what God has anointed you for and called you for, no man can take away from you. Hallelujah. That word laborer means a workman. To be a worker, indeed, an action that carries out, that has an inner desire, a purpose. You are a church. We are a body that has purpose. Purpose comes from vision. And that vision gives us knowledge and understanding and wisdom to do what God has called us to do. We do not lack vision in this house. Let me help you today. No, the thing that we lack and that we're going to grow in this year is laborers. Every church lacks in laborers. It's true. But let me help you today. We're going to labor. Whether it's 5, 10, 30, 50, 100, 500, 1,000, don't matter. We're going to labor. We're going to do the work that God has called us to do. Notice that Jesus did it with 12. And there was even, where you see him in Luke chapter 10, do it with 70. We'll go through that soon. Everything starts from somewhere. I'm only on page two now. (laughs) See, listen to this. Pretenders were many in that time, but real laborers in the harvest were few. Man-made ministers are useless. Still, today, do we see the fields have gentlemen who cannot use the sickle. Still, we see that there are few gatherers. Today, will you be a soul winner with me? Today, will you be a laborer with me? Today, will you see the need that is in this region, that is in this country, that is on the peninsula, to where God has called you to be involved, where God has called you to commit your life to? couple of scriptures on labor. 
Whatever you do, this is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. What you do today, is it for man or is it for God? And how do you know what fruit is being produced out of your life? That's how you know. You judge a tree by its fruit. Look at your life. Are you abiding in Christ? And because of you are, and if you are abiding, what is the fruit being produced out of you? The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 23, in all toil or in all work, there is profit. But mere talk only leads to poverty. It's one thing to say what we're going to do. I've seen churches do this. I've done it. Where we say we're going to do something, but we don't do it. But this year is not going to be that year. We're going to say it, and we're going to do it. Because if we're just saying something, it's just going to lead to poverty. We're not going to see anything produced. Maybe you've seen that in your own life where you talked about what you were going to do at the beginning of the year, but you never did the action. You never did the deed. You just kept on saying it, and then by the time of February, March, it's like, I guess I didn't do it, so might as well wait till next year. No. Be someone that not only says what you're going to do, but do it. Be someone that commits their life. We are laboring together. 1 Corinthians 3.9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and you are God's building. Notice that it says that you are God's field and God's building. We know that in this same passage of scripture, it talks about how Paul planted Apollos watered, and God caused the increase within your life. Their seeds have been planted, and that they have been watered by the preaching of the word of God, by the hearing of the word of God, and then there is increase. There is harvest that God brings. In the same way God does that in your own personal life, God is doing it in his church. God is doing it in this day and age. God is doing it now. The word is being sent forth. It is being watered. It is being labored for. It is being worked on. Is being tilled, and the harvest is now. See, the seed has been sown. Again, Pastor Brian and Pastor Christie, they have sown the seed for years. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And sometimes we think, man... If I sow it now, I'm going to see it tomorrow. If I sow it now, I'm going to see it in a year. I'm going to see it in five years. Sometimes it may take you 15 or 20 years. But what I know in my spirit to be true, that what has been sown for 17 years, this is the year of the harvest. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. This isn't something that's going to happen in the future. I'm talking about 2023 is harvest time. I hope you hear what I'm saying. It's harvest time. But it's going to take laborers. That's your part. Labor. Work. Here's two enemies of the harvest. I'm almost done. Two enemies of the harvest. Laziness and distraction. Laziness and distraction. Proverbs 13.4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. 
Oh, you can desire all you want. You can crave everything from God. You can see his word and say, man, I want that so bad. But if you're not diligent with his word, if you never apply his word, if you never walk in his word, if you, ever, if you never labor and do anything, you're just going to keep on craving. You're just going to be just like the word says. You crave, but you get nothing. Or you can be somebody that is diligent, and you'll be richly supplied. You'll be richly supplied. The Bible says this. 2 Thessalonians 3.10. For even when we were with you, this is Paul speaking, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Wow. Meaning if I do not work, if I do not put effort in, I won't be able to eat. I'll starve. Spiritually, I'm speaking. I'll starve. And you can also apply this naturally. But spiritually, you'll starve. Where are you today in your spirit? Are you starving? Are you just a busybody like the scripture continues on to say? Or are you just working up for nothing? Just constantly busy, constantly going, but nothing's ever being accomplished. Is it because you're lazy? Is it because you are distracted with the problems and the cares of this life? We see this in Mark 4 where it says a seed was sown, but the cares of this life choked out the seed. I understand you're going through things. And you will continue to go through things for the rest of your life. But it's how you go through those things that will determine if you have victory or not. You can go through those things knowing that God's word is true and it still works for you even in the midst of your trial. Even in the midst of the valley. And you can say, God, I know what you have spoken. I'm going to be just like Abraham where I'm not going to waver. I'm going to stand in the promise knowing that you are, you are working, you are performing on what you have spoken. It said that Abraham trusted God that he did not waver. Or had unbelief. No, he stood on the word of God. Today, where are you? Is the seed that's been sown in your heart is being choked up by the cares of life? Today, allow the roots of those cares and troubles to be cut down. Cut them down with the word of God. Distraction. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Meaning your situation is not unusual or special compared to everybody else. I know we like to say that, man, my, my, what I've gone through is very unique to what most people have gone through. And I hear you. I get it. Now, for you, it may be. But what God is saying is there's no temptation. No temptation. Nothing. That is overtaking you. That is common to man. God is faithful. God is faithful. Remember this. God is faithful. He was faithful then. He will be faithful now. And he'll be faithful forever. God never changes. He is faithful. Even the Bible says even when you are faithless, he will remain faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, meaning whatever temptation, whatever thing is going on in your life, God understands where you are, and it is not too great for you. Because the Bible says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, meaning you are not supposed to do it on your own. 
And if it is overtaking you, if it is defeating you, if it is beating you, that is because of what you are trying to do on your own strength. You are not relying on Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, the foundation of where our life is built upon. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. There is a way of escape. Again, laziness and distraction keep us from being laborers. And you may be distracted by sin. You may be distracted by your own understanding of you think, I'm unqualified. I'm not good enough. Why would God use me? I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not smart enough. Not good enough. Whatever the excuses and the reasons. I sinned last night. I was getting drunk, partying, living it up for the New Year's. On this service tonight, you may be at home online. And I feel that in my spirit for somebody. It's all right. God loves you. God still has a purpose for you. Get back into the fold. Labor together with Christ. Turn your heart. There are people dying and going to hell still to this day. And the church has to get an understanding and have to walk in the light of the word of God and preach the good news. We are not playing church. We say these things, but how are you living your life today? How are you choosing to live your life in this moment? What are you willing to do this year? How far are you willing to go? How faithful will you be to God? How committed will you be to your family? How committed will you be to this country, to this nation? And what do I mean by that? I mean, God's placed you here to build his kingdom in this region. You use your gifts, your talents, and the grace that God has given you. It's not about just building your own ministry having your own little group and doing your own thing is about building his kingdom. God, what do you want? Again, it's harvest time. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 24, and I can read this whole chapter to you, but I'm not going to, but Verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The system of this world. Some translations say money. Who are you serving today? What's the distraction in your life? Why are you lazy? We live in a day and age where we have allowed the rhetoric of society to deem what kind of person we are. What do I mean by that? And I'm going to be very careful with my words. We have allowed ourselves to be victims to our own problems and issues and allowed that to become our identity and who we are. Thank you. That's right. But that's not who you are. You're a child of God. Your identity has changed. And just because you still do the things that you do that identify with the old self, that's just a matter of renewing your mind and walking in the light of his word. Don't believe what the world says. The world can't give you what God has to offer. There's no drug. There's no prescription. There is no even doctors that can give you what God has given you. I didn't say they're bad. Listen to what I said. I didn't say they're bad. There's some really good doctors out there. There's some Christian doctors out there that will lead you in the right way. But the first place we go to is his word. 
is to him. Have wisdom, have knowledge, have understanding. But did you go to God first? What does God say you are? Who does God say you are? What does his word say you are? I can have what I say, I can have what he says I can have. I am who he says I am, right? That's what we say. I can do what he says I can do. We either believe it or we don't. It's maybe just words today, or maybe it's truth. There's five parts of labor that God's calling us into. Teaching, preaching, healing, compassion, and praying. And I'm going to get into that next week. I didn't touch them, but that's fine. Before we go, I have a word for you. A prophetic word that God's given to me for the church. Go ahead and close your Bibles and just close your eyes for a moment. This is the year of the harvest. This is the year to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Will you be one? When you labor, you will see the great increase. You will see the Lord of the harvest provide laborers. You're going to see God work through his church, his body. God will only work through his church and his body. He has given everything that we have need of to do the work. So now work. Commit your ways to him. Grow in knowledge. Grow in understanding. Ask God for wisdom and he will give you wisdom. Raise your children up in the Lord. Proclaim the good news without reservation, without hesitation, fully unashamed of the gospel. Give up your life for his sake, says the Lord. Now I want you to repeat after me. And you're going to have to get used to this because we're going to start doing this a lot more. It's confessing the word of God. Now I'm going to say it, then I want you to repeat out. This is the year of the harvest. Come on. This is the year of the harvest. The harvest is ready. And it is now. I'm laboring. For the sake of the kingdom, kingdom. I'm I'm co-laboring with Christ. Christ. I'm dying to self. I'm I'm picking up my cross, cross. and I'm following after him. I'm I'm crucifying my flesh. flesh. I'm not loving the world world. or the things of the world. world. I'm seeking first first. His his kingdom. Everything else fades. But he stays the same. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. I'm a teacher. I'm a preacher. I lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. I have compassion for my brother. I have compassion for my sister. I have love for the world. I share That love, love. by being bold, bold. being unashamed, unashamed. sharing the truth truth. in love. love. I worship worship by laying my life down, down. holding nothing back. back. The seed of God's kingdom kingdom is producing producing in my life, in my my family, in my my nation, nation. in In this region. I'm a sower. I'm sowing the word, and it's producing. I'm a reaper. I'm reaping 
from what has been sown in my life. This year, my life, my family, my church will increase. God, your kingdom is increasing. So I glory in you. I rejoice in you. I praise in you. For this is harvest time. Amen. Come on, give him a shout of praise today. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.